0: Chapter 23
1: Paul looked straight at the council members and said, My friends, to this day I have served God with a clear conscience. Then Ananias, the high priest, ordered the
0: men standing beside Paul to hit him on the mouth. Paul turned to the high priest
1: and said, You whitewashed wall, God will hit you. You sit there to judge me by the law of Moses, but at the same time you order men to break the law by hitting me. The men standing there beside Paul asked, don't you know you are insulting God's high priest? Paul replied, oh, I didn't know he was the high priest. The scriptures do tell us not to speak evil about a leader of our people.
2: When Paul saw that some of the council members were Sadducees and others were Pharisees,
1: he shouted, My friends, I am a Pharisee and the son of a Pharisee. I am on trial simply because I believe that the dead will be raised to life. As soon as Paul said this, the
2: Pharisees and the Sadducees got into a big argument, and the council members started taking sides. The Sadducees do not believe in angels or spirits, or that the dead will rise to life. But the Pharisees believe in all these, and so there was a lot of shouting. Some of the teachers of the law of Moses were Pharisees. Finally,
0: they became angry and said... We don't find anything wrong with this man. Perhaps a spirit or an angel really did speak to him. The
2: argument became fierce, and the commander was afraid that Paul would be pulled apart. So he ordered the soldiers to go in and rescue Paul. Then they took him back into the fortress.
0: That night, the Lord stood beside Paul and said, Don't worry. Just as you have told others about me in Jerusalem, you must also tell about me in Rome.
2: The next morning, more than 40 Jewish men got together
3: and vowed that they would not eat or drink anything until they had killed Paul. Then some of
4: them went to the chief priests and the nation's leaders and said, We have promised God that we would not eat a thing until we have killed Paul. You and everyone in the council must go to the commander and pretend that you want to find out more about the charges against Paul. Ask for him to be brought before your court. Meanwhile, we will be waiting to kill him before he gets there. When Paul's nephew heard about the plot, he went to the
1: fortress and told Paul about it. So Paul said to one of the army officers, Take this young man to the commander. He has something to tell him. The officer took him to the commander and said, The prisoner named Paul asked me to bring this young man to you
5: because he has something to tell you. The commander took the young man aside and asked him in private,
0: What do you want to tell me? He answered, Some men are planning to ask you to bring Paul down to the Jewish council tomorrow. They will claim that they want to find out more about him. But please, don't do what they say. More than 40 men are going to attack Paul. They have made a vow not to eat or drink anything until they have killed him. Even now they're waiting to hear what you decide.
5: The commander sent the young man away after saying to him, don't let anyone know that you told me this. The commander called in two of his officers and told them, by nine o'clock tonight, have 200 soldiers ready to go to Caesarea. "'Take along 70 men on horseback and 200 foot-soldiers with spears. "'Get a horse ready for Paul "'and make sure that he gets safely through to Felix the Governor.'" The commander wrote a letter that said, "'Greetings from Claudius Lysias to the Honourable Governor Felix. "'Some Jews grabbed this man and were about to kill him. "'But when I found out that he was a Roman citizen, "'I took some soldiers and rescued him. "'I wanted to find out what they had against him, "'so I brought him before their council.'" and learnt that the charges concern only their religious laws. This man isn't guilty of anything for which he should die, or even be put in jail. As soon as I learnt that there was a plot against him, I sent him to you, and told their leaders to bring charges against him in your court.
2: The soldiers obeyed the commander's orders, and that same night they took Paul to the city of Antipatris. The next day the foot soldiers returned to the fortress, and let the soldiers on horseback take him the rest of the way. When they came to Caesarea, they gave the letter to the governor and handed Paul over to him.
3: The governor read the letter. Then he asked Paul and found out that he was from Cilicia. The governor said, I will listen to your case as soon as the people come to bring their charges against you.
2: After saying this, he gave orders for Paul to be kept as a prisoner in Herod's palace. ACTS Chapter 24
6: Five days later Ananias the high priest together with some of their leaders and a lawyer named Tertullus went to the governor to present their case against Paul So Paul was called in and Tertullus stated the case against him
5: Honorable Felix you have brought our people a long period of peace and because of your concern our nation is much better off All of us are always grateful for what you've done. I don't want to bother you, but please be patient with us and listen to me for just a few minutes. This man has been found to be a real pest and troublemaker for Jews all over the world. He is also a leader of a group called Nazarenes. When he tried to disgrace the temple, we arrested him. If you question him, you'll find out for yourself that our charges are true.
6: The Jewish crowd spoke up and agreed with what Tertullus had said. The governor motioned for Paul to speak, and he began.
1: I know that you have judged the people of our nation for many years, and I am glad to defend myself in your court. It was no more than twelve days ago that I went to worship in Jerusalem. You can find this out easily enough. Never once... Did the Jews find me arguing with anyone in the temple? I didn't cause trouble in the Jewish meeting places or in the city itself. There is no way that they can prove these charges that they are now bringing against me. I admit that their leaders think that the Lord's way which I follow is based on wrong beliefs. But I still worship the same God that my ancestors worshipped. And I believe everything written in the law of Moses and in the prophets. I am just as sure as these people are that God will raise from death everyone who is good or evil. And because I am sure, I try my best to have a clear conscience in whatever I do for God or for people. After being away for several years, I returned here to bring gifts for the poor people of my nation and to offer sacrifices. This is what I was doing when I was found going through a ceremony in the temple. I wasn't with a crowd, and there was no uproar. Some Jews from Asia were there at that time, and if they have anything to say against me, they should be here now, or ask the ones who are here. They can tell you that they didn't find me guilty of anything when I was tried by their own counsel. The only charge they can bring against me is what I shouted out in court when I said, "'I am on trial today "'because I believe that the dead will be raised to life.'
3: "'Felix knew a lot about the Lord's way, "'but he brought the trial to an end and said, "'I will make my decision after Lysias the commander arrives. "'He then ordered the army officer to keep Paul under guard, "'but not to lock him up "'or to stop his friends from helping him.'
6: Several days later... Felix and his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, went to the place where Paul was kept under guard. They sent for Paul and listened while he spoke to them about having faith in Christ Jesus. But Felix was frightened when Paul started talking to them about doing right, about self-control and about the coming judgment.
3: So he said to Paul, that's enough for now, you may go, but when I have time I will send for you. After this, Felix often sent for Paul and talked with him, because he hoped that Paul would offer him a bribe.
6: Two years later, Porcius Festus became governor in place of Felix, but since Felix wanted to do the Jewish leaders a favour, he kept Paul in jail.
5: Acts chapter 25
6: Three days after Festus had become governor, he went from Caesarea to Jerusalem. There, the chief priests and some Jewish leaders told him about their charges against Paul. They also asked Festus if he would be willing to bring Paul to Jerusalem. They begged him to do this because they were planning to attack and kill Paul on the way.
4: But Festus told them Paul will be kept in Caesarea and I am soon going there myself. If he has done anything wrong, let your leaders go with me and bring charges against him there.
6: Festus stayed in Jerusalem for eight or ten more days before going to Caesarea. Then the next day he took his place as judge and had Paul brought into court. As soon as Paul came in, the Jewish leaders from Jerusalem crowded around him and said he was guilty of many serious crimes, but they could not prove anything.
1: Then Paul spoke in his own defence. I have not broken the law of my people, and I have not done anything against either the temple or the emperor.
4: Hephaestus wanted to please the leaders, so he asked Paul, Are you willing to go to Jerusalem
1: and be tried by me on these charges? Paul replied, I am on trial in the emperor's court, and that's where I should be tried. You know very well that I have not done anything to harm the Jewish nation. If I had done something deserving death, I would not ask to escape the death penalty. But I am not guilty of any of these crimes, and no one has the right to hand me over to these people. I now ask to be tried by the Emperor himself.
6: After Festus had talked this over with members of his council, he told Paul... You have
4: asked to be tried by the Emperor, and to the Emperor you will go.
6: A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice came to Caesarea to visit Festus. They had been there for several days when Festus told the king about the charges against Paul. He said,
4: Felix left a man here in jail, and when I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the Jewish leaders came and asked me to find him guilty. I told them, that isn't the Roman custom to hand a man over to people who are bringing charges against him. He must first have the chance to meet them face to face and to defend himself against their charges. So when they came here with me, I wasted no time. On the very next day, I took my place on the judge's bench and ordered him to be brought in, but when the men stood up to make their charges against him, they did not accuse him of any of the crimes that I thought they would. Instead, they argued with him about some of their beliefs and about a dead man named Jesus, who Paul said was alive.' Since I didn't know how to find out the truth about all this, I asked Paul if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and be put on trial there. But Paul asked to be kept in jail until the emperor could decide his case. So I
0: ordered him to be kept here until I could send him to the emperor. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would also like to hear what this man has to say. Festus answered, you can hear him tomorrow.
6: The next day, Agrippa and Bernice made a big show as they came into the meeting room. High-ranking army officers and leading citizens of the town were also there. Festus then ordered Paul to be brought in and said, King
4: Agrippa and other guests, look at this man. Every Jew from Jerusalem and Caesarea has come to me demanding for him to be put to death. I have not found him guilty of any crime deserving death but because he has asked to be judged by the Emperor, I have decided to send him to Rome. I have to write some facts about this man to the Emperor, so I have brought him before all of you, but especially before you, King Agrippa. After we have talked about his case, I will then have something to write. It makes no sense to send a prisoner to the Emperor without stating the charges against him.
2: Acts Chapter 26
0: Agrippa told Paul, You may now speak for yourself.
1: Paul stretched out his hand and said, King Agrippa, I am glad for this chance to defend myself before you today on all these charges that my own people have brought against me. You know a lot about our religious customs and the beliefs that divide us, so I ask you to listen patiently to me. All the Jews have known me since I was a child. They know what kind of life I have lived in my own country and in Jerusalem. And if they were willing, they could tell you that I was a Pharisee, a member of a group that is stricter than any other. Now I am on trial because I believe the promise God made to our people long ago. Day and night our twelve tribes have earnestly served God, waiting for his promised blessings. King Agrippa, because of this hope, the Jewish leaders have brought charges against me. Why should any of you doubt that God raises the dead to life? I once thought that I should do everything I could to oppose Jesus from Nazareth. I did this first in Jerusalem. And with the authority of the chief priests, I put many of God's people in jail. I even voted for them to be killed. I often had them punished in our meeting places, and I tried to make them give up their faith. In fact, I was so angry with them that I went looking for them in foreign cities. King Agrippa, one day I was on my way to Damascus with the authority and permission of the chief priests. About midday, I saw a light brighter than the sun. It flashed from heaven on me and on everyone traveling with me. We all fell to the ground. Then I heard a voice say to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you so cruel to me? It's foolish to fight against me. Who are you? I asked. Then the Lord answered, I am Jesus. I am the one you are so cruel to. Now stand up. I have appeared to you because I have chosen you to be my servant. You are to tell others what you have learnt about me and what I will show you later. The Lord also said, I will protect you from the Jews and from the Gentiles that I am sending you to. I want you to open their eyes so that they will turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then their sins will be forgiven, and by faith in me they will become part of God's holy people. King Agrippa, I obeyed this vision from heaven. First I preached to the people in Damascus, and then I went to Jerusalem and all over Judea. Finally, I went to the Gentiles and said, Stop sinning and turn to God, then prove what you have done by the way you live. That is why some men grabbed me in the temple and tried to kill me. But all this time God has helped me, and I have preached both to the rich and to the poor. I have told them only what the prophets and Moses said would happen. I told them how the Messiah would suffer and be the first to be raised from death, so that he could bring light to his own people and to the Gentiles.
4: Before Paul finished defending himself, Festus shouted, "'Paul, you're mad!
1: Too much learning has driven you out of your mind!' But Paul replied, "Honorable Festus, I am not mad. What I am saying is true, and it makes sense. None of these things happened off in a corner somewhere. I am sure that King Agrippa knows what I am talking about. That's why I can speak so plainly to him.' Then Paul said to Agrippa, Do you believe what the prophets said? I know you do.
0: Agrippa asked Paul, In such a short time, do you
1: think you can talk me into being a Christian? Paul answered, Whether it takes a short time or a long time, I wish you and everyone else who hears me today would become just like me, except, of course, for these chains.
6: Then King Agrippa, Governor Festus, Bernice, and everyone who was with them, Got up,
0: but before they left they said this man isn't guilty of anything he doesn't deserve to die or to be put in jail agrippa told festus paul could have been set free if he had not asked to be tried by the roman emperor acts
2: chapter 27 When it was time for us to sail to Rome, Captain Julius from the Emperor's special troops was put in charge of Paul and the other prisoners. We went aboard a ship from Adramitium that was about to sail to some ports along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus from Thessalonica in Macedonia sailed on the ship with us. The next day we came to shore at Sidon. Captain Julius was very kind to Paul. He even let him visit his friends so they could give him whatever he needed. When we left Sidon, the winds were blowing against us, and we sailed close to the island of Cyprus to be safe from the wind. Then we sailed south of Cilicia and Pamphylia until we came to the port of Myra in Lysia. There the army captain found a ship from Alexandria that was going to Italy, so he ordered us to board that ship. We sailed along slowly for several days and had a hard time reaching cnidus the wind would not let us go any further in that direction, so we sailed past Cape Salmon, where the island of Crete would protect us from the wind. We went slowly along the coast and finally reached a place called Fair Havens, not far from the town of Lycia. By now we had already lost a lot of time and sailing was no longer safe. In fact, even the great day of forgiveness was past.
1: Then Paul spoke to the crew of the ship, Men, listen to me. If we sail now, our ship and its cargo will be badly damaged, and many lives will be lost.
2: But Julius listened to the captain of the ship and its owner rather than to Paul. The harbor at Fair Havens wasn't a good place to spend the winter. Because of this, almost everyone agreed that we should at least try to sail along the coast of Crete as far as Phoenix. It had a harbor that opened towards the southwest and northwest and we could spend the winter there. When a gentle wind from the south started blowing, the men thought it was a good time to do what they had planned, so they pulled up the anchor, and we sailed along the coast of Crete. But soon a strong wind called the Northeaster blew against us from the island. The wind struck the ship, and we could not sail against it, so we let the wind carry the ship. We went along the island of Cowder on the side that was protected from the wind. We had a hard time holding the lifeboat in place, but finally we got it where it belonged. Then the sailors tied ropes around the ship to hold it together. They lowered the sail and let the ship drift along, because they were afraid it might hit the sandbanks in the Gulf of Sirtis. The storm was so fierce that the next day they threw some of the ship's cargo overboard. Then, on the third day, with their bare hands, they threw overboard some of the ship's gear. For several days, we could not see either the sun or the stars. A strong wind kept blowing, and we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Since none of us had eaten anything for a long time, Paul stood up and told the men,
1: You should have listened to me. If you had stayed on in Crete... You would not have had this damage and loss. But now I beg you to cheer up, because you will be safe. Only the ship will be lost. I belong to God, and I worship him. Last night he sent an angel to tell me, Paul, don't be afraid. You will stand trial before the emperor. And because of you, God will save the lives of everyone on the ship. Cheer up. I am sure that God will do exactly what he promised, but we will first be shipwrecked on some island. For 14
2: days and nights we had been blown around over the Mediterranean Sea. But about midnight the sailors realised that we were getting near land. They measured and found that the water was about 40 metres deep. A little later they measured again and found it was only about 30 metres. The sailors were afraid that we might hit some rocks and they let down four anchors from the back of the ship. Then they prayed for daylight. The sailors wanted to escape from the ship, so they lowered the lifeboat into the water, pretending that they were letting down an anchor from the front of the ship.
1: But Paul said to Captain Julius and the soldiers, if the sailors don't stay on the ship, you won't have any chance to save your lives.
2: The soldiers then cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it fall into the sea.
1: Just before daylight, Paul begged the people to eat something. He told them, For fourteen days you have been so worried that you haven't eaten a thing. I beg you to eat something. Your life depend on it. Do this, and not one of you will be hurt. After Paul had said this, he took a piece of bread and gave thanks to God. Then in front of everyone, he broke the bread "'and ate some.'
2: "'They all felt encouraged, "'and each of them ate something. "'There were two hundred and seventy-six people on the ship, "'and after everyone had eaten, "'they threw the cargo of wheat into the sea "'to make the ship lighter. "'Morning came, "'and the ship's crew saw a coast "'that they did not recognise, "'but they did see a cove with a beach, "'so they decided to try to run the ship aground on the beach. "'They cut the anchors loose,' and let them sink into the sea. At the same time, they untied the ropes that were holding the rudders. Next, they raised the sail at the front of the ship, and let the wind carry the ship towards the beach. But it ran aground on a sandbank. The front of the ship stuck firmly in the sand, and the rear was being smashed by the force of the waves. The soldiers decided to kill the prisoners to keep them from swimming away and escaping, but Captain Julius wanted to save Paul's life, and he did not let the soldiers do what they had planned. Instead, he ordered everyone who could swim to dive into the water and head for shore. Then he told the others to hold on to planks of wood or parts of the ship. At last, everyone safely reached shore. Acts Chapter 28 When we came ashore, we learned that the island was called Malta. The local people were very friendly, and they welcomed us by building a fire, because it was rainy and cold. After Paul had gathered some wood and had put it on the fire, the heat caused a snake to crawl out, and it bit him on the hand. When the local people saw the snake hanging from Paul's hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer.
0: He didn't drown in the sea, but the goddess of justice will kill him anyway.
2: Paul shook the snake off into the fire and wasn't harmed. The people kept thinking that Paul would either swell up or suddenly drop dead. They watched him for a long time, and when nothing happened to him, they changed their minds and said,
3: This man is a god.
2: The governor of the island was named Publius and he owned some of the land around there. Publius was very friendly and welcomed us into his home for three days. His father was in bed, sick with fever and stomach trouble, and Paul went to visit him. Paul healed the man by praying and placing his hands on him. After this happened, everyone on the island brought their sick people to Paul and they were all healed. The people were very respectful to us and when we sailed, they gave us everything we needed. Three months later, we sailed in a ship that had been docked at Malta for the winter. The ship was from Alexandria in Egypt, and was known as the Twin Gods. We arrived in Syracuse, and stayed for three days. From there, we sailed to Regium. The next day, a south wind began to blow, and two days later, we arrived in Puteoli. There we found some of the Lord's followers who begged us to stay with them. A week later, we left for the city of Rome. Some of the followers in Rome heard about us and came to meet us at the market of Appius and at the three inns. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and was encouraged. We arrived in Rome, and Paul was allowed to live in a house by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days after we got there, Paul called together some of the Jewish leaders and said,
1: My friends, I have never done anything to hurt our people, and I have never gone against the customs of our ancestors. But in Jerusalem, I was handed over as a prisoner to the Romans. They looked into the charges against me and wanted to release me. They found that I had not done anything deserving death. The Jewish leaders disagreed, so I asked to be tried by the emperor. But I don't have anything to say against my own nation. I am bound by these chains because of what we people of Israel hope for. That's why I have called you here to talk about this hope of ours. The leaders replied, No one from Judea has written us a letter about
0: you, and not one of them has come here to report on you or say anything
1: against you. But we would like to hear what you have to say. We understand that people everywhere are against this new group.
2: They agreed on a time to meet with Paul, and many of them came to his house. From early morning until late in the afternoon, Paul talked to them about God's kingdom. He used the law of Moses and the books of the prophets to try to win them over to Jesus. Some of the leaders agreed with what Paul said, but others did not. Since they could not agree among themselves... They started
1: leaving. But Paul said, The Holy Spirit said the right thing when He sent Isaiah the prophet to tell our ancestors Go to these people and tell them. You will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never see. All of you have stubborn hearts, your ears are stopped up and your eyes are covered. You cannot see or hear or understand. If you could, you would turn to me, and I would heal you. Paul said, you may be sure that God wants to save the Gentiles, and they will listen.
2: For two years, Paul stayed in a rented house and welcomed everyone who came to see him. He bravely preached about God's kingdom and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ,
1: and no one tried to stop him.